Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You found us, you made it here. You love romantic comedies, which is great news because we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have While, While You, you Were, were sleeping. sleeping. And wherever you're listening to us, please throw us a follow, leave a review, they help more people find us. And if there's one uh, thing you can do to help out the pod, Follow us on Instagram at Romcom Rewind. In fact, a lot of conversations continue to happen on our Instagram account as well. It's your easiest place to reach out to us. Um, we get so many messages from you and we love those and we respond to 100% of them. So feel free to send whatever you wish. We have a message from Navita. Yes, I think I think that's how I, I'm hoping I'm saying it right. Okay. Navita. She said, found your podcast just a few days back and I must say I'm absolutely addicted. I oh. listen to it all day between meetings and on my drive to work and back home. I finally found that podcast, which I'm not bored of. Oh, thank you thank so much, Navita. Thank you so much. I feel like the pressure's on now. She's not <laughs> bored of I feel the pressure to I love ooh, it. be exciting. So yeah. nice. Hopefully while you were sleeping is exciting. Uh, it's a 1995 romantic comedy directed by I'm gonna mess up his name, John uh, Turtletob. No idea if I got that right. This is the story, though, of Lucy Moderats, played by Sandra Bullock. Sandra B. Sa- Sandy B. Uh, Lucy is a very lonely train fare token collector in Chicago. Uh, she kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I her also job. called her a to- token collector. <laughs> yeah, that like what else does she do? Um, she kind of daydreams of a more exciting life, and she secretly loves this man, Peter Callahan, a handsome commuter played by Peter Gallagher, which is a little bit confusing, yeah. um, whom she has never actually really spoken to outside of... Good morning, good morning. Um, on Christmas Day, however, Peter falls onto the train tracks, and Lucy rescues him heroically. And after a, let's call it a wild miscommunication at the hospital, Peter's family all believe that Lucy is actually his fiance, which she, of course, actually secretly loves him. So she kind of plays along. All this occurring while Peter, by the way, is in a coma the whole time. Hence the title, while (laughs) you were sleeping. She was convincing your Mm, family mm, that you guys are engaged. mm. Um, Also want to mention Jack, played by Bill Pullman. That is Peter's brother. He is a pretty important character in our story. Yeah, just a little bit, eh? Just a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's your lead-in for While You Were Sleeping. For Lucy, loneliness was a way of life. Joe Jr. still single. Yeah, it's shocker. But the moment she saw Peter, she became a believer in love at first sight. He was perfect. Then fate stepped in. Now she's part of his life. He's in a coma. Oh, I was gonna marry him. Who's she? She's his fiance. No, no, no. Peter's engaged. She saved his life. Part of his family. Hey, this is my um Lucy's uh, going to marry my brother Peter. What? What are your thoughts? I loved this movie. (laughs) This movie was so good. Okay. I have to admit, I've never seen this movie before. Mm. This was my very first time watching this. Same. Okay. So it's not like a rewind for us. It's like a hello. Which rarely happens. It's like you had me at hello because (laughs) this movie had me at 
good morning when she takes the tokens. Oh, that, wow. I You were reminding me of Michael Scott from The Office there where he's like, sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's going. I just hope to find it on the way. And you actually pulled that together. Ella, is that you. Was that written down? No. No, you just came up I with did, that. I did, just now. Thank you. Because I could tell by your face you didn't know where it was going. I, I didn't. Could feel, no. I didn't. <laughs> I and tell. I'm glad that it reached that, <laughs> that piece. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Please thank continue. You. Mm, yes. Um, fantastic. Like it was so nice. Sometimes when you get, when you go back, some of the movies don't age well, or some movies they just don't, the jokes are really corny. This movie was so wonderful. Yeah. The, the writing was phenomenal. There's one, um, I guess speech at the very end of the movie, which I'll talk about, but it's just so eloquently done. And I loved it how she said it, her reaction when like, it was just really, really great. This movie was, um, it was really nice to watch and I will definitely be watching this movie again. And, and it is considered a Christmas movie. It, it so, all happens around Christmas and New yeah, Year's. So here we are. This is our second holiday movie for this 2023 year. Um, yeah, I agree. This is such a, a delightful movie. There is something to be said about these 90s and like early 2000s romantic comedies that I, I think we've somehow lost the way to replicate as of late, like in the 2020s, because we've managed to write amazing stories. We've managed yeah. to have compelling dialogue and great jokes. But the one thing that I find, especially rewatching something like this, is that I find romantic comedies don't have the Sandra Bullocks anymore. Like she in this film, in my opinion is a showstopper. Mm -hmm. She's unbelievable. And to be honest, let's call a spade a spade. When you actually like take her out of it, the story's kind of weird. Like this is a weird <laughs> story, guys, a classic nineties. Like this is strange. It, it is a reverse sleeping beauty retelling. Oh, is that how right? it is? Okay. I didn't realize Like that. if you think about it, Interesting. it is well, like, sleeping it, it beauty, is though. Uh, that's what they say it is. Right. Okay. So I mean, we'll get into it in my, uh, fun, in my quick facts, but yes. Yeah. But like, like loose. It, it reminds loose. me of, um, like Made in Manhattan would be one. Yeah. Julia Roberts, like Runaway Bride. There, there are so many movies around this time period that were just like, wow, Meg Ryan in Sleepless in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And and I think Sandra Bullock in this, in this story was just like, she was the whole thing. She was the story. We barely got anything of anybody else. We got the two brothers and Sandra and that's it. And she just I was think, a rock star. I think it's their ability to develop a specific t like charm from the character, like the main character yeah. or main characters that they just can't seem to replicate now. And I don't know if it's because there's so much jam packed into the movie, like mishaps and things like that, that it just doesn't happen naturally. And they can't deep dive into the characters as much as they used to. I don't know. I there, don't know. There's just some secret sauce missing. The only recent movie that really made me feel this way about, about a main character and about a story was to all the boys. Like, I thought Lana Condor oh, yeah. was as yeah. close as you're going to get recently to, like, just... A modern To just somebody school, yeah. stealing the show in such a way that you're like, wow, this this romantic comedy is anchored by, like... At the time, we were looking at Sandy being like, this is a future all-time A-list star. And fun fact, we were all right. Mm -hmm. But you see it in this movie. You're like, she's she's going to be a next the next thing, right? And, yeah. yeah, I don't know, like... Yeah, I don't know if we have that right now. It's, it's almost as if I find, um, 
people will dabble in rom-coms. They and then they'll move away immediately. Yeah, they'll yeah. do one one movie and as a rom-com and then they'll be like, okay, that was good. And then they'll do something else and it's completely out of the realm of rom-coms. But it's like, there's there's something to be said about doing a few rom-coms and, and doing them well. And being fan-freaking-tastic mm-hmm. at it, yeah. like, like in this movie. Anyway, let, let's dive in. Yes. We meet Lucy and she grows up with just her dad and he tells her stories about her mom and um, she loves those stories. She asks uh, when her dad knew that he loved her mom and it was when she gave him the world. So we get a fast forward to present time. Now she is a transit token taker. That's what I call her. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly a, what a she T-T-T. is. A TTT. Oh, a transit token taker. Nice. Um, and there's one guy that comes every single morning during the week and takes the subway and she is totally infatuated with him. We don't know his name. He they really don't talk. And she just gets to look at him once a day. It's Sandy from the OC. Does, uh, does it, did it everybody Sandy see him and think like that's I feel like there are certain uh, shows that you grow up watching that you're like, eh, that's like the father figure. And for me, like <laughs> Fresh Prince, like Uncle Phil and the OC, Sandy Cohen, those are the two guys who I'm like, yeah, that's the dad right there. That's just everybody's dad, <laughs> right? True. Does everybody agree? He's just the dad. So it's Christmas Day. And of course, we know that Lucy is working because she always works holidays because everybody makes her work them because she has no family. Her dad passed away the year before and her mom passed away when they were when she was younger. And he comes to the booth, Peter, and says Merry Christmas. And she freezes, not being able to say anything back. And and she just freezes nothing comes out of her mouth and she regrets it immediately he's waiting for the train and he's mugged and he's pushed off onto the tracks and a train is coming but lucy saves him he's rushed to the hospital but she can't go in because she's not family but a nurse overhears her say that she was going to marry him and allows her in he's in a coma and but his entire family comes rushing into the room and the nurse says oh yeah that's his fiance and now everyone thinks that peter is engaged to lucy She tries to correct them, but never gets the chance. She tells the family that she fell in love with his smile. And now the lie has begun. It has. But you know what? Throughout this movie, she never actually lies. She never says that she's not his fiance because circumstance happens where she never actually has to say like it just it happens perfectly. And I'll go through those instances oh all those moments mm-hmm. where she could have just told the truth and yes decided not to and then decided to just so not lie not just lie omit the truth mm. that <laughs> makes her less guilty is what sarah's getting at for sure <laughs> judge sarah <laughs> i find you not guilty yeah, wow okay. we, we've had, uh, had a ruling not guilty so lucy gets back home where her neighbor asks her out joe jr oh my god he is a lot but then she decides she's going to return to the hospital and introduces herself to Peter, who is still in a coma. She confesses her love at first sight for him and that she's fallen in love with somebody who she's never really talked to. The next morning, Lucy wakes up in the hospital by Peter's bedside and the whole family comes back and invites her to Christmas dinner since they didn't have one. As she's getting in the elevator, a nurse gives her a box of Peter's things, thinking that, of course, she, since she's his fiance. That's where it should go. And a colleague of Peter's is getting off the elevator who we don't know. And he tells uh, Lucy that there was an accident a month before. And we don't know what he tells her quite yet. But just that we know that there was an accident. Lucy goes, oh, okay, cool, whatever. We do find out in this instance that Peter is a lawyer and works for a law firm. 
Lucy gets to the house and realizes, and this is Peter's family's house, and realizes that this is a very bad idea. But before she can turn to leave, Saul, the family like best friend, is there and they start chatting. And we learn that both, like I mentioned earlier, Lucy's parents have, are gone and that Saul lost his wife a few years previously. And the Callahans are very near and dear to his heart and that he wouldn't want anyone to hurt him. And so earlier in the movie, he does overhear Lucy say these love at first sight talking to somebody who she really doesn't know to Peter. So we know that Saul knows he knows and he tells her like, I know. So they're all opening gifts and Lucy gets one too. So she even gets a stocking and she really is a part of this family. And I think, and we know later on in the movie that this is one of the reasons why she doesn't want to come clean about how she's not actually engaged to Peter because she has fallen in love with this family. Her father just passed away and I think she's kind of... She's lonely. She's just lost in the ocean and this is like a little beacon and she hangs on to the family. Yeah. So we do see a brief scene where this woman named Ashley leaves a message on Peter's answering machine at his house and says, yes, she will marry him. Oh, there's a real fiancé in the picture. Yeah, he has a real fiancé. We also meet Jack who comes in to the house late at night, who is Peter's brother. He stays the night, and Mary, their sister, tells him that Lucy is sleeping on the couch and is Peter's fiance. When Lucy wakes up the next morning, Jack is there waiting for her on the stairs. He confronts her about never meeting her, and as she's leaving, he says, well, I guess welcome to the family. But we all know he's not convinced that Lucy is legit. So I think this film is unique in that we're teed up that Peter is going to be the love interest. Right. And then he almost immediately almost gets hit by a train and then goes into a coma. (laughs) Yeah. We barely see him the whole movie. He's just like laying there the whole movie. And then we meet Jack. Right. And then the actual love interest happens. But I thought we could go through the list Mm -hmm. of top actors who are barely actually in the movie. Because it (laughs) is a cool list. I'm going to start you off with number one. uh, Drew Barrymore in Scream. Okay. I never watched it because it's a horror movie. Sarah hates horror movies. I do. So... Drew Barrymore is on the poster for Scream. She's like oh. literally right at the front of the poster. And okay. they even, they did that by design because nobody's walking into a theater thinking like, oh, Drew Barrymore, the biggest star. You're not going to, they right. kill her off in like the first scene. What? She's dead. 12 <laughs> minutes into the movie. She's gone. <laughs> wow. Done. Goodbye. Drew Barrymore. So she made all her money on the poster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they paid for the poster. Yeah. Paid her to be on the poster. <laughs> um, I'm going to put Matthew McConaughey from uh, Wolf of Wall Street in there as well. Oh, what happens to him? Well, he, there's the, the stock market cr- crash and he just, he's teed up as, as like Jordan Belfort's like mentor. Jordan's under his wing, Leo DiCaprio. Oh, okay. We get that weird, like, um, like oh the rhythmic, weird thing. He <laughs> does a lot of drugs. Oh but, yeah. Uh, the stock market cr- crashes and then it's like, and then I never saw him again. And oh. it's like Matthew McConaughey is just gone. Like, like a quarter of the ma- way into the movie. Just <laughs> Goodbye. Never saw him again, ever. Okay. Um. My next one on the list, I'm going to have J-Lo and Jersey Girl. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was in it for like five minutes. This is a really interesting thing, too, yes. because do you remember what happened? The movie that came out right before that was 
Gili. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say it, but like, I feel like, you know, it literally has the worst rap ever. And so. that's what happened, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. they were making Jersey Girl. Oh, so and they killed her off. And then Gili. Well, they didn't kill her off, but Gili happened. And then <laughs> Kevin Smith, the director of Jersey Girl, right. I guess the studio was like, dude, like, people hate <laughs> Ben Affleck and JLo together. What are you doing with these two? And he's like, I'm, I'm filming a lot of stuff. And they're like, you got to cut all of it. So she was no. always going to die, but he, she just died a lot quicker. Oh, my God. She was actually supposed to be in it longer? Because Gili sucked so much that right, they had to cut right. out all these J-Lo scenes. Yeah. Yes. Next on my oh. list, Matt Damon in Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. Because he is Private Ryan. And you think the movie's going to be about Private Ryan. It's not about Private Ryan. It's about the people trying to find Private Ryan. He shows up in the last... <laughs> few minutes of the movie and they're like hey there we, we found you we saved you, you. Yeah, we, then, saving you was yeah. the whole premise <laughs> and we made it to and you. we did it and i've got two more on the list okay uh michael keaton in beetlejuice mm. actually we were talking about that today at work really yeah well, well they're they're doing a sequel yes You're we were talking about that um and and I think this one's cool because he steals the show in so many scenes that you mm. don't realize when you rewatch Beetlejuice, he's only in 17 minutes of screen time. Right. I actually didn't know he was only in 17 minutes. And do not say it again. I was okay? going to say, have you been counting? That's yes, I 100% okay. have been counting. Do not say it again, please. Last one I'll <laughs> say is Anne Hathaway okay. in Les Miserables. Oh, you know what? I never saw that either. She won an Oscar. Yes. Even though she actually only had 15 minutes technically no of screen time. No way. Yeah, yeah, she nailed it. That's it? That's it. That's all. You get an Oscar for 15 minutes. <laughs> Talk about 15 minutes of fame. Although, no, she's fabulous. So she's she's, she's fantastic. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I would put this one, obviously, not as not as high end, but in the conversation. Because, like, Peter mm-hmm. G- Gallagher is, he's a fairly good he's actor. He's in a coma. But he's just, like, he's just in a bed the whole 85 percent uh, yeah movie, i would say like he probably had maybe 10 minutes of screen time of of like yeah d- verbal, verbal screen time. Time. exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 wild so like i was chatting about we were teed up that peter was going to be the love interest and now jack is here spoiler alert he's the actual love interest of our story so Jack stops by Lucy's apartment building trying to find her and runs into the obnoxious neighbor, Joe Jr., who tells him that he's actually dating her. Uh, hey, you looking for Lucy? I'm whoa. dating Lucy. That's really good. Uh, stop Stop being mean. It's, I'm it's, not being mean. That's really good. You think that's good? Hey, Luce. <laughs> Is this guy bothering you? Okay. okay, no, you lost it. You lost it. The beginning of that first part, though, that was really good. You sounded just like him. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad just thing. Just got an Italian New Yorker under, <laughs> under the skin somewhere. So while Lucy is going through Peter's things in the box, one of them is a can of tuna, which she realizes in that instance that he has a cat who probably hasn't eaten in days. When she gets to um peter's apartment jack also shows up there she almost knocks him out with the door and then he tells her that peter didn't then he tells her that peter doesn't have a cat luckily there is a cat that shows up again jack is trying to find her in a lie like catch her in a lie but things just keep happening that work out for her well did we set up the fact that he is aware that lucy is not his fiance he's met the real fiance no yeah, when he's chatting with the daughter, she's like, oh, have you met Lucy? It's Peter's fiance. And he's like, no, that's not Peter's fiance. No, I don't know. I think I think he is thinking like Peter would have told me that he has a fiance mm. because I think he would have eventually confronted her, but not an ounce of him like ever confronted her. I got it. the impression that he 
he knew who the love interest was and it's not a Lucy. It's a, an Ashley. Yeah. No, I don't Mm. think so. I think maybe he's suspicious, but I don't think that, yeah, like I don't think he's met Ashley before. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Well, he starts quizzing her as well. Not long and after she this, she passes everything. No, she doesn't. So she now has What's to his... prove okay. that she's his fiance. She tells them that the that he only has one testicle. And a month ago, he had an accident in which his friend they were playing basketball, and he had a pencil in his back pocket. Only someone intimate would know. Somebody who's a little stalkerish. She doesn't even know what baseball team he likes. Um, that was another never, one of the quiz questions. She never questions. had to finish that question. <laughs> Luckily for Luckily her. for her. Coincidentally, it just worked out again in her favor. Which also, they're in Chicago, and the question was, what's your favorite, what's his favorite baseball team? And she said, Chicago, of which there are two teams exactly. in Chicago. Exactly. But like she said, it's, of course he likes Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Saul comes by her apartment, and Joe Jr. has to be shoved into the closet because... He came storming in prior to Saul's arrival, saying that she stood him up on their date that they were supposed to go on. And she's like, we never had a date. So he gets shoved in the closet. Um, Saul comes in and says that the first night she was at the hospital, he overheard everything and knows the truth. He tells her not to tell the family that they need her because she's the one who's bringing the family back together. He does ask about the one ball thing and then says, you know what? Uh, Never mind. I don't even want to know. As soon as he leaves, Jack shows up with an engagement gift from his parents. She goes with Jack to get the furniture because it's a piece of furniture. And she sees a rocking chair and absolutely loves it and finds out that Jack was the one who built it. And instead, the family got her a couch, which she likes. But as they're moving it up to Peter's apartment, the doorman says, oh, I don't know who she is. And Jack says, oh, you don't know Peter Callahan's fiance. Luckily, he's new. He's new. He's new. He's He's a new doorman. And he says, oh, I've heard she's scary. Jack walks her back to the apartment since he's blocked in car wise. And at the apartment outside, they have a moment slipping on ice together. They have a a romantic slipping on ice. A romantic slipping on ice. Yes. A romantic moment slipping on ice. A romantic time slipping on ice. (laughs) (laughs) So Jack leaves and she is absolutely smitten with him and realizes that she likes Jack, but is fake engaged to Peter. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, what a conundrum now. The next day, Jack is at the hospital with Peter and is talking to him while in, while he's still in a coma and says that he's jealous of Peter having Lucy. Lucy that night goes over for another family dinner and it is hilarious. She's have, she's, and she's leaving. And as she's leaving, Jack is standing under the mistletoe and the family makes them kiss, which is weird. That's weird. Yes. I mean, I know we had to make them kiss in a way because like, yes, you know, at some point they had to, had to share a kiss at some point, but that was a weird thing to do. Is mistletoe the creepiest like holiday tradition? It does feel weird to be, oh, you got a kiss. I know. What are you going to, what's going to happen if I don't? Yeah. I'm sure there is. If you look it up. Seven years, bad luck. Exactly. But it feels. mm. Yeah. Yeah. They do end up kissing quickly under the mistletoe the next day mary and her friend so mary is the boy's sister um, and her friend beth go through the subway and they come and see lucy and lucy's co-worker finds out that lucy's getting married and as they're leaving lucy makes a joke saying oh yeah i'm very pregnant and the girls believe it and the girls believe it they go back home and they tell the whole family that they're getting married and lucy's pregnant jack leaves right away when he hears this news 
He goes to see Lucy and she's heading out for a party and Jack tags along and everybody thinks that it's her fiance who's come to the party. It's Peter. It's very confusing. He loudly asks her or tells her that she shouldn't be drinking because of the baby. And of course, the music had stopped in that instance. So everyone hears it. So she storms off leaving and he follows her. So in this moment, he he's, he confronts her about, you know, are you actually dating Joe Jr.? Because he was leaning in and his jealousy starts to come through a little bit. Totally. And he's like, you're engaged to my brother, Peter. But like, you're still like, you know, there was... There was some lean in and she's like, what are you talking about? The lean in. The lean in. Great scene. It was. It was actually my best scene. Well, you already described it. Okay. It just, uh, like, I find any romantic comedy, you need, like, just one or two really great chemistry building dialogue yes. yeah. moments. Like, mm-hmm. think about Hitch when Will Smith walks in and he talks to Ava Mendez and he's like, you know, you wouldn't want some guy to just come up to you in a bar and that's not what I'm going to do and blah, blah, blah. You need that like, oh, there's chemistry here moment. And it often needs to be done with really, really clever dialogue. And I thought the dialogue in this scene was fantastic. What do you, what do you mean by the leaning? Because he gave me flowers? And then you leaned. And then I leaned. Yeah. Okay. How did I lean when I leaned? How were you leaning? It's yeah. a lot different than hugging. Hugging is very different. Hugging, that involves arms and hands. And leaning is whole bodies moving in like this. Leaning involves wanting and accepting. It was very clever. But you know what? I think from the very get-go, their chemistry was very good. Oh, you feel it. You feel it for sure. Yeah. Like even their first meeting, like when they get off the couch and she's out on the, on the way out that morning and he's talking to her sitting on the stairs with a cup of coffee. Like I remember that because their chemistry was so good right off the bat. That night, Peter wakes up. It is new year's Eve and the whole family gets there. Even Lucy. He really doesn't remember her. I mean, of course not. A hilarious scene when he doesn't remember because he's going through all the family members yeah. and then just, well, who are you? And and I love this scene cracked me up a lot because yeah. the family is so naively trusting of oh, Lucy they are. that he says like, who are you? And the dad immediately <laughs> is like, it's amnesia. <laughs> like immediately they just jump straight to me. He's lost his yeah. memory. Oh my it, God. That's what it's gotta be. And it's funny because like he starts rhyming off dates and, and like combinations. He knows his high school locker combination yeah. in a later scene. So clearly. And he's like, it is not amnesia. I don't know this woman. Although she looks familiar. That's what he keeps saying. She looks familiar. So for this movie, I wanted to look up like oddest stories surrounding amnesia. And there there are a lot of like serious things, of course, re- mm-hmm. regarding like memory loss and stuff like that. I did, however, find the strangest coming out of a coma stories in terms of people not understanding who they are or thinking they're someone else. Oh, my God. All real stories that have actually happened. Okay. <laughs> like, for example... The man in the UK who thought he was Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Stop. This is real. And and 
so, so it should be said like some of these are are, are somewhat serious, but like objectively that's, that's funny. So funny. He unfortunately got into a car accident in 2012. Uh, he woke up from a six day coma and believed he was the actor. He no. said, "I went to the toilet. I went to look in the mirror, and I was shocked because I didn't look like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I didn't know what I was looking at." Um, he endured months of rehab and, 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 you know, stuff for this brain injury. And it finally clicked for him that he was not a major Hollywood star. He was just (laughs) Rory Curtis from the UK. He thought he was Matthew McConaughey though. That's, that's wild. Um, there's also the mother who woke up thinking she was a teen. Oh, this happened to 32 year old Sarah Thompson, uh, woke up from a 10 day coma also in 2012. Hmm. Um, and she somehow thought it was 1998 still. Oh, wow. So she thought she was 19 again. In real life, she was married and a mother of three. And wow. she just, but like, th- this is crazy because they were even like, they had to teach her like, yeah, 9-11 happened. She Whoa. had forgotten that this, all these things had occurred. Did she ever get her memory back? Do you know? It doesn't say. It doesn't say. It doesn't wow. say. Wow. I find for a lot of these stories I've found though, they don't. It's yeah. just like, you're just relearning who you were. Um, wow, there's also crazy. the 13-year-old Croatian who woke up speaking fluent German. This Wait, happens. Wow. This this is crazy, but this happens. That's amazing. Yeah. That's this, insane. Uh, she was in a 24-hour coma, and she was apparently taking beginner German lessons when she had fallen ill. And then when she woke up, it was like, boom, like the fluent German. The mind is insane. And that's it. I think it's one of those things of like, the mind, the brain is like recovering and rebuilding itself. What like when you're in this coma, and it just somehow was like connecting all the German neurons. We know German. Yeah, we've been learning this, so we now know oh it. My kind gosh. Of thing. This one's a little bit more wild. I might not even leave it in. The grandfather who became a sex addict. No. An eighty. Oh no. Eighty-one-year-old Swiss grandfather reportedly morphed into a sex addict after falling from a tree and slipping into a four-day coma. This happened back in 2010. Um, They describe him as a sex-mad senior who ended up spending more than (laughs) $4,000 at a brothel after recovering (gasps) from this fall. Oh, my God. They they suspect that something in the coma wiped out his brain function that inhibits Uh, sex drive. So he just woke up. Ready to go. All horny as hell, just ready to go. Get that blue pill ready. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seri- maybe he didn't need any help. We don't know. Oh, God. We don't know. Anyway, so Peter wakes up um, not having gained any new skills, but he just he just doesn't remember Lucy. Fair enough. He didn't actually know Lucy <laughs> yeah. in real life. There's but, nothing to forget. But they assume that he has amnesia. Exactly. So Jack drives Lucy home and Lucy tells him that he's become such a great friend over the last week. And he tells her that he and Peter, that her and Peter will be great together. Jack goes to see his dad and to tell him that he no longer wants to do the family furniture business, which was a a part of Jack's story throughout this movie and wants to make his own furniture back at the hospital. Peter's memory is absolutely fine, but still doesn't remember Lucy. Saul, the family friend, comes in and tells Peter that he's a putz and doesn't (laughs) tell him the truth about Lucy, but tells him that she's his dream girl and that he should marry her. Lucy goes back to the hospital and her and Peter, they talk and Peter says he that she reminds him of someone and says, probably my fiance since I'm engaged to you. And they hit it off. Ashley, Peter's actual fiance, tries to get into his apartment and 
heads to the hospital shortly thereafter. Peter tells Jack that he likes Lucy and will find out what's special about her by marrying her and making a lifelong commitment to her and that he's a changed man. Jack can't listen anymore, so he just like absolutely leaves. And Ashley and Lucy get to the hospital at the same time and take the same elevator up. Dun, dun, dun. Ashley gets to Peter's room first and rips him a new one, only to get it shoved back in her face by Peter by saying he's a changed man. She wants her stuff back, and so does he. He paid for her nose and her boob job. I wonder what the legal ramifications are. You probably can't actually ask for that back, correct? No. Yeah, I wouldn't think Maybe so. Maybe the money, the, the amount spent on mm, it. Yeah. Lucy comes in to see Peter after, and Peter proposes to her again. Or I guess just proposes to her. He thinks it's again. He thinks it's again because he says, I'm going to propose to you again. Do you want to marry? Yeah. 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 It's first time, though. First time. (laughs) First actual time. Jack goes to see Lucy to give her an engagement gift, and it's a snow globe of Florence. And throughout this movie, we know that Lucy wants more of her life, wants a stamp in her passport. That's something very near and dear to her heart and a goal that she wants to, to, to make. And... Jack gives her the snow globe of Florence, which is beautiful. She wants to travel the world, starting with Florence. Yes. When Jack leaves, she asks him if there's any reason to not marry his brother Peter. And he says he he doesn't have one. She gave him the line. She gave him the out. Hey, I, I could not do this if you wanted me to not do this. He says he can't. He doesn't have a reason. So they're getting married at the hospital. It's the wedding day. And Lucy thinks Jack doesn't want her, but he obviously does. But she walks up the aisle anyway to Peter, and right off the bat, she objects. We are gathered here today to join... I object. Oh, I I didn't get to that part yet. I would have to object, too. What about you? And then Peter's like, well, I I might object. I might object. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) And then Lucy says, I'm in love with your son. And then she says, but not that one. The other one. But that one. Yeah. Yeah, the other one. Then she comes clean about everything, that she was never engaged to Peter, and she finally, she, and finally she didn't want to tell them the truth because she fell in love with them, the whole family. I fell in love with you. You fell in love with me? No. No, yes, all of you. I went from being all alone to being a fiancé, a daughter, a granddaughter, sister, and a friend. I might have saved your life on the tracks that day, but you know what? You really saved mine. You allowed me to be a part of your family, and I haven't had that in a really long time. And it was such a good speech. This was my best scene. Lucy's at work, and an engagement ring comes through the slot, and it's Jack and the whole family. He leans in once he's in her um, booth and asks her to marry him, and she says yes. They ride away on a subway, and they go to Florence for their honeymoon. Dun, dun, dun. And we get a classic 1990s, the end with the train. We do, we with just, just married. married <laughs> fading into it the It totally distance. was 90s, yeah. So we chatted about this off the top. It occurs to me watching this movie that Sandra Bullock was on another level when she was doing While You Were Sleeping. Speed came out mm-hmm. one year prior in 1994, which I think was kind of her big break. Uh, then she does this movie in 95, Time to Kill in 96. Hope right. Floats and Practical Magic yeah. both came out in 98. And I think at that point, Sandra Bullock is like, 
an all-star. She yeah. is now. And I, I want to ask the question, was she a top 10 actress of the 1990s? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to give you the tail of the tape. Okay. My top five, and then you can... Number one, I got Julia Roberts. Heck yeah. Pretty Woman, My Best Friend's Wedding, yeah. Notting Hill, Runaway Bride. Those all are them. all like A++ films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fabulous. It. She's fabulous. Number two, Meg Ryan. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Joe vs. the Volcano, Sleepless in Seattle, You Got Mail, City of Angels, When a Man Loves a Woman. Right. Then I've got Sandra Bullock at number three. Okay, I like that. Demi Moore, I've got four. Mm, G.I. Jane. Big. Indecent Proposal, A Few Good Men, The Scarlet Lever- Letter. When and did Ghost come out? I think that was 80s, actually. Okay. So that was that the leading into this, though. Right. So that should be considered just as like a, she was on the way up kind of thing. Okay. Drew Barrymore, I've got at number five. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh, Sarah says, The Wedding Singer, Never Been Kissed. The thing is, like, it's been, it's kind of those two, Ever After. Ever After was huge. Ever After 98. was huge. She was in Batman Forever, don't forget. Oh, Okay. I mean, would you move anything around in those top five? Oh. You want to move Drew Barrymore up. I can feel I it. I do. I want to move Drew Barrymore up. Demi Moore. But I know she was big in the 90s. So that's hard. Because, oh, I don't know. I think, I think I'd think i switch the two. You know, I was wrong. Ghost was 1990. Okay, I did it think was that right it was in, in the, the 90s. 90s. So that does count. Yeah, that July was huge. See, I don't know if I could move that now. Oh, that's a tough one. I do think Julia Roberts in the first spot for sure. Yeah. I think you have a really good, I don't know if I'd change any. I Drew Barrymore would be my only one. Okay. All right. I don't know. Then I've got, and we don't need to go through all the movies they're in, but Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, oh yeah. Winona Ryder, Susan Sarandon, <gasps> mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie, and Meryl Streep. Oh man, you got some good ones. To round out the top 10. That's hard. It is hard. The 90s had some A-list stars who, even today, like, all the names on that list are still Huge. massive. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. But suffice to say, Sandra Bullock, I, I thought top 10, but I think top five and maybe even top three of mm, the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's in there. Anyway, on to quick facts. The film wasn't originally supposed to be a Christmas movie. The studio wanted it set during the holidays as it would be easier to sell. This movie is a Disney movie since Hollywood Pictures was also part of a of Touchstone Pictures. The movie was initially supposed to be set in Brooklyn. And the original screenplay was about a woman in a coma and a man pretending to be her fiance. Many studio executives thought that this would be too predatory, but one suggested reversing the rules. And once the script was rewritten, the movie was picked up by Hollywood Pictures. Definitely a good choice. <laughs> they were right about that. <laughs> falling is a theme throughout the movie. Besides falling in love, there are numerous physical examples. An ice skater falls during the opening titles. A Christmas tree falls out of a window. A paper boy, boy falls off of his bike peter falls onto the tracks lucy and jack fall on an icy sidewalk jack faints and falls after giving blood a nurse faints and falls to the floor ashley slips and almost falls after getting off of the elevator in a transition scene a paper boy is shown slipping off of his bike this was an actual accident they decided to keep it in the movie and the paper boy actor actually broke his wrist oh poor kid yeah the role of Lucy was written for Demi Moore. Patrick Swayze was considered to play Jack when Demi was in negotiations to play Lucy. The two, of course, played uh, love interests five years earlier in Ghost. Uh, 
Sandra Bullock took the role, saying she could relate to it, having just broken up from a four-year relationship. Nicole Kidman auditioned to play Lucy. Harrison Ford and Gina Davis were initially uh, offered the movie. Dennis Quaid, uh, James Spader, and Dylan McDermott uh, and Pierce Brosnan were considered for the role of Jack as well. Uh, then unknown Matthew McConaughey tested for the role of Jack, but was dropped because of his Texas accent. And the director rejected offers to cast Russell, Russell Crowe in the same role. Okay, you're throwing a lot of names at me. Yep. I, I'm liking Demi Moore, actually. I think she could have done really, really well. Mm-hmm. Did you I say agree. Nicole Kidman as well? Yep. Um, yeah, I'd give that to Demi Moore, although Sandra Bullock obviously Definitely. nailed this. Pierce Brosnan, though, British accent. I don't know how that would have landed. Can he do a, a traditional a very good question. North American accent? <laughs> mm. Some of the gifts at the Callahan's Christmas party. Lucy gets a sweater, ox, a cordless glue gun, Mary an appointment to get her ears pierced and diamond earring studs to go in them, and Midge gets a gold watch. At the Callahan's Christmas party... Glennis John's character, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink any less either. Co-star Jack Warden, who was also in that scene, delivered the same line 31 years earlier in Bewitched from 1964. The word fiancé has three acceptable pronunciations in English according to Webster, with the stress on the first, second, and final syllable. In the initial hospital scene where the Callahans discover Peter is in a coma and meet Lucy, all three pronunciations of the word are given. I'm going to try to get this right. And in consecutive order, as far as the syllables, the nurse says she's his fiance. Midge says he's his fiance. Doctor, she's the fiance, you idiot. (laughs) Jack Warden, who plays Saul, and Peter Boyle, who plays Ox, died within five months of each other. Warden on July 19th, 2006, and Boyle on December 12th, 2006. So they both passed away. When Jack and Peter are playing seven card stud poker, Peter's still in his coma, Jack is dealing cards for both of them. Jack's winning cards are the dead man's hand, aces and eights. The Callahan's house is located in Lagrange. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. A, a suburb in uh, Chicago. Oh, you give it that French spice, <laughs> all that French immersion you did as a kid. Oh, look at Ange. Images of the world uh, and Sleeping Beauty recur in the film. The young version of Lucy in the beginning is reading Sleeping Beauty by her father or is being read Sleeping Beauty by her father. The film is a role reversal or a take of that of Sleeping Beauty. Peter is the beauty and Lucy is the prince. Lucy has a globe in her apartment visible after talking to Jack. And of course, the gift of her mother to her father, the light up globe lamp recurs as well. Peter says that his birth date is 3-11-59, which makes him about 35 years old in the movie. But Peter, Cal- uh, Peter Gallagher, the actor, was actually 40. Bill Pullman, who plays the younger brother Jack, is actually two years older than Peter in real life. Michael Rispoli um, has played several Joe Joeys in his career, starting with Joe Jr. here, moving through Joey T. in Summer of Sam from 1999, and Joey in Black Irish in 2007, eventually growing to Big Joe in Kick-Ass from 2010. Monica Kina, who plays Mary, the sister, was 15 at the time of filming. She's assumed to be around that age in the film as she gets her ears pierced as a gift for Christmas, which was a common age for teenagers to get piercings. There is no explanation for the large age gap between her and her older brothers. Peter Gallagher, who plays Peter Callahan, played another lawyer in The O.C. from 2003. Sandy Cohen. The first of two movies in which Sandra Bullock 
stops the marriage ceremony to admit that it is a sham. The other is... Don't tell me. Uh, the proposal? Yes. Yes, nailed From it. From 2009. Here we go. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, let's go. And now honorable mentions. My honorable mention is Saul, the family friend and Peter's godfather. Because like he loved Lucy right off the bat so much that he made sure that she was a part of the family and avoided telling the family the truth because he saw how much they loved her (laughs) and that she was the glue that was bringing them together, which or the adhesive that was bringing them together back together. And I thought that was um, really cute. And he did a really good job. I really liked him. Like he was almost kind of like a guardian angel. I kind of felt that's kind of the vibes I got. Yeah. He also was very flaky when it came to telling the family the truth. 100%. <laughs> but like, you know, he he saw what he wanted to happen and it happened. And he manifested, yeah. yeah. He was manifesting in the 90s before anybody else was. <laughs> um I like this isn't really an honorable mention. I just want to create a reason to ask you questions about this person. But I want to talk about the movie superstar that was Bill Pullman back in the 90s oh, as well. Oh, definitely. I know. What like I know he was in Independence Day 2. He was in Independence Day. Well, he was in the original Independence Day. Yes, yes, Day. yes. Actually, so 95, While You Were Sleeping comes out. Casper comes out. Yeah. He starred in that. 96 was Independence Day. Mm-hmm. He was in The End of Violence. He was in Lake Placid. He was in Spy Games. He was in... He just did all this stuff in the 90s. And then it kind of like, kind of petered a little bit. But I've got a question, though. To my knowledge, this... I mean, he was in Sleepless in Seattle as a heads up, oh. um, as well as a League of Their Own. You know what? The longer I go wow. through his okay. '90s he's catalog, in a lot. he's in so much. But like, is is he good looking? I think so. Yes. W- was mm-hmm. he was he heartthrob territory though, or was he like, oh, that's a good love interest? I thought he was really cute. I thought he was yeah. better looking than um, Peter Gallagher. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know what? Yeah. It's it's the eyebrows for me for Peter. <laughs> I just, you know. He does have very intense mm-hmm. eyebrows. I can't. There's a lot happening with those eyebrows. I can't get past it. Like, nobody plucked those in the 90s, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like, he, you know, he he has some caterpillars on his face. I That's just funny. couldn't do it. So, to answer your question, yes, he is. He, I think he's, because he was, he would have been 42 during this movie, right? Is that what they were that's what they had said, right? Well, he's 69 right now, born in 1953. Not sure the math. Yeah, 40, 42. Is that what you said, 42? Yeah. Yeah, 42. Yeah, so he was 42. So, like, I would say, like, yeah, he was a heartthrob for a middle, like, a 40, in the a 40s. 42-year-old right? guy. In the that's, 40s. that's old, actually. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's not old. That is not old <laughs> at all. But to... He played that particular part, I think. Like, how old was Sandra Bullock during that movie? She was 32. Okay, that's not that bad. But still, though, that that's why I'm like, whoa, that's old. Because comparatively to his co-star, it is kind of old. Their She's chemistry 10 years was younger. really good, though. Oh, the chemistry was great. And people 10 years difference in age yes, can absolutely. definitely date. Which is a little surprising. I d- a little surprising. I didn't think he looked 42, though. No, he didn't. Yeah. You're right. You're right. What should have been? 
So my what should have been, I'm going back to the classic inspiration of this category, which was where we tried to figure out who else could date somebody from this movie in the rom-com world. I, I look at Peter and I think, wow, like, should he have found love? Could he have found love? Could Peter Callahan maybe have found love in the likes of the parent traps Meredith Blake? Oh, that was, she, that would is, have, she would have been perfect. She's money hungry. He's vain and he has money yes. and he has condos in Paris, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. He's, He's got a condo in Paris. They are yeah. a match made in heaven. They are. Leave that is Dennis w- Quaid alone, Meredith yeah, Blake. Yeah, leave Dennis Quaid alone. <laughs> Agreed. And now overall rewatchability. So I've got chemistry so close to a perfect five out of five. I've got a 4.95. And I know you're thinking, Devin, just give it the five. You know what? Seriously, You need to be in a certain caliber to be a five. And this was so close to it, but I I can't lie. It wasn't quite there. It's still a 4.95 though. Don't get at me. Storyline of 4.72. Thirst factor of 4.75. Imagination of 4.85. Even though it's kind of like a, a twisted retelling of you know, other things, I thought it still had a lot of imagination there. Soundtrack was kind of meh to me, like it was there, but it wasn't anything spectacular the way other movies really use music to tell a story. I've got 3.4 for soundtrack, which is my only low score because my cheese is 4.8. That gives an overall score of, and I want to remind everybody, the way I score things, like if you're a 4.5 or above, you are in the, this movie's iconic territory. This is a 4.58 out of 5. This is, it's it just reaches that level of, yeah, you uh, if somebody told me they rewatch this movie every year around Christmas, I'd be like, yes, because it's a classic. While You Were Sleeping is that good. This is fantastic. All right, mine is Chemistry 5. Mm, you sure. just got to give it the, the 5, <laughs> seven. Storyline, 4.5. Thirst Factor, 4.8. Imagination, 4.2. Soundtrack for cheese 4.6 for an overall score of 4.51. Oh wow, we are so close. And you also just have it in that in that territory of like th- this is this is a movie of the era. It's so good. And this has been the rom-com rewind of while you were sleeping. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe, follow us, and as always, you know, give us a follow on Instagram. So many things happen on Instagram. You'll love it, I promise. Thanks for listening.